Podcast Network. Comfy, cozy. Here we go, see. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 160 for the week of June 19th, 2017. I am ABC Banana David T. Cole, and I'm here with non-union tarantula Sarah D. Bunting. Help me! Will Arnett Stalker. Ariano. I'm not getting the help I need. And pregnant karate dancer Jeff Drake. <laughs> I wear boat shoes. <laughs> you sure do. Welcome yeah. back, everybody, to another all-new Extra Hot Great. Uh, I am... I just totally lost my train of thought. Hi, we're here with Jeff Drake to talk about the gong show. Welcome back, Jeff Drake. Hi, it's good to be back. Sorry, my phone is freaking out. <laughs> That's great. What a great start to this episode, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to gong myself. Uh, anyway, we are here to talk about the uh, all-shiny new gong show that premieres when? Thursday. Thursday. We watched a screener. We okay. watched a Thursday. So tomorrow, as you're listening to this. I am a little curious as to the timing of this. Did they have to wait until Chuck Barris died is a question that I have. The other question I have is how am I doing this podcast? Because one of the acts involved a woman stuffing a tarantula in her mouth and playing the harmonica. And I am dead now. <clears throat> oh, because you hate harmonica playing. <laughs> yes. God, I fucking hate harmonicas. Yeah. I mean, ask my husband. He has to go in the bathroom and kill a harmonica for me at least <laughs> once a week. Yes. Um, I did not expect to be charmed by this, but it's like so dumb that I kind of had fun with it, except the, you know, spider part. What did everyone else disagree? Do? Enjoy it? Uh, well, first of all, let me just say this about the tarantula. If she's going <laughs> to, if that's going to be her act, she could at least play the song correctly, and she didn't. I don't care if there's a tarantula in her mouth. Have some pride of ownership in your performance. All of the musical acts were terrible in my opinion except for maybe the asians because at least they put some effort into their song and like the scansion mass matched the tune and they could sing but everyone else from the unit what was it unit piper the scottish sasquatch right. yep the scottish sasquatch all of the other musical acts were horrible and i was like spent the whole episode like just fuming at it and then when i found out at the end that the winner actually gets money i was so furious i was like uh, mad sure. for a half hour later sure. <laughs> so this uh let me just uh, hit the spoilers because this yes. is uh, actually hitting a day oh. before it airs so yep. i can't believe i'm doing this <laughs> <laughs> spoilers the whole fun ahoy don't get spoiled for the gong show acts <laughs> Uh, can I just do a quick rundown of ev what everything was, just so we Please can get do. that out of the way? Uh, first act was the set, uh, what they called the Scottish Sasquatch, which if they did yeah. one ounce of research, they would know it was called the Big Gray Man. Oh, that's their version of yeah. it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. whatever, I guess they're not big on research at the Gong Show. Followed by a guy who plays the entertainer on the piano with backward arms. Yeah, right. Then Mary puts a spider in her mouth and plays a harmonica. Sure. Yep. Yep. Followed by a couple that spits banana pieces and banana goop in each other's oh, mouths. God, I yeah. Can't. Yeah. A fat old man does Tai Chi to like retail rave music. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the music. Nice. And then some guy sings like Tiny uh, Tim for about ten seconds. That was that was perplexing. Yeah, <laughs> and then we have Uncle Clutch, of which I have you heard at the yeah. intro. And this, I swear to God, this is what it is. Hush, little baby, don't you fear? It's bedtime, and your Uncle Clutch is here. But don't you fret and don't feel sad. I'm gonna take you from your mom and dad. <laughs> oh, you can call the papa and cry out for your mommy, but you're gonna end up eaten in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his whole thing. Uh, and then that was followed by what Tara was referring to as this, the, the Asians who sing, and this is their, their yeah. thing. So take a sec before you take that big old stick and beat it. I'm here to tell you just a little ancient Chinese secret. Never call me Asian. Never call me Asian. Because don't forget that a gong is an Asian thing. And that was followed by a young man in what I will call a low-effort old man costume. And then he removes the costume and does speed jump roping. And uh, then we're almost done. A man in a coma since the 80s wakes up and sings shaving cream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last scene listening to Dr. Demento, I guess. Yeah. Uh, exactly. A lady talks about a pig very quickly. Could not understand a word she was saying, so we'll assume yeah. she was talking quickly. And then lastly, an opera-esque singer uh, goes on stage and does an opera. And sexually of, harasses Will Arnett. Yeah, having yes, being, makes us all having uncomfortable. Having for Will Arnett. And that is your gong show talent rundown uh or, this is just gonna be one big spoiler thing so i'll just hit the spoilers at the end of the segment so, okay yeah. jeff you right. uh, you are very youthful and vigorous but you are possibly <laughs> old enough to have seen the first gong show is that the oh, case? oh yeah oh sure what yeah. what are what were your thoughts on uh this this iteration versus the original and by the way to answer sarah's question this was announced in october of last year so it's been gestating okay. for a while and and chuck yeah. Berry's died in march so apparently uh, he presumably he saw what was coming <laughs> there you go yeah and was like <laughs> nope okay go ahead jeff um first of all like that's the explanation for the uh, the explanation for the shaving cream guys on the original Gong Show. They would always have they had like Gene Gene the dancing machine yep. who would come on. And if you haven't seen it, you should just uh, Google it and watch it. It was just a guy he he didn't he just kind of shuffled around. It wasn't dancing, but it was the same song every time, and people went crazy for it. <laughs> and so I think that's what they're trying to recreate with the shaving cream guy. Um, and choosing, I think, intentionally something from so you know <laughs> from Doctor Demento in the God, even like I mean early eighties, yeah. like shaving cream, you know, and it's an audience sing along, so it's just some kind of another like bit of kitsch they add to the show. Um, this was such a weird experience for me to watch. First of all, it's like like with all of these things that ABC does, it's all of these would be so much better if they were a half hour. Yep. Like it's yep. just, it's too long. Like the gong show is not enough of an idea to sustain an hour. That said, the, like I, it was a roller coaster for me. <laughs> like at the beginning I was like, this is ridiculous. And I was like, how, how is Zach Galifianakis on this show? <laughs> and the yeah, answer the is judges. Will Arnett, Will Arnett is an executive producer. And so, like, when you see, like, the teaser for, like, 
the season. Like yeah. there's all kinds of A-list talent on, you know, who are sitting in on this. And so it's like it's just a it's a weird concoction because we haven't even talked about the elephant in the room, which is Mike Myers doing a character as the host of the show. Yeah. Before you get into wait, before you get into that, I just do want to say one thing about the A-list judges. (laughs) Yes. You can say that, but you can also say Will Arnett calls in a lot of favors. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what that was. Oh yeah, because these are all people in his sphere that I've seen so far. Anyways, yeah. yeah, I mean so. that's the thing. But I mean they are like these are like people Their who names. are like yeah, yeah. They're like comedy. You know, most of them heavy hitters. I don't know if I'd call you know Ken Jong a heavy hitter, but yeah. But I mean he's he's a known least, quantity. Sure. Yeah, he is a known quantity. He's also an but ABC like, star or was. I can't, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if his show has been canceled, but that might have yeah. also. Been I think part it of was, it. but okay. yeah, yeah. But Finally. but anyway, like it, it was like I was like, what 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 am I watching? <laughs> why why am I watching it? And then weirdly, weirdly, and this may come as a shock, the banana couple. I was like, this is why I'm watching. This show. <laughs> the, the I'm like, this is exactly was... why because it because it starts off. Their act starts off, it's like, okay, what the F is this? <laughs> like, they're just fucking, like, spitting, like, from a great distance, chunks of banana into each other's mouths. And then they spit it into Zach Galifianakis's mouth. And then, then it gets weird. <laughs> <laughs> only after they have, they have brought, they're a married couple, and only after they've brought him in, then it gets weird where... They basically like start just like, um, like Play-Doh. Like when I was growing up, there's a thing called the Fuzzy Pumper Barber Shop, where like you put um, the Play-Doh in the back and you squeeze it, and the hair comes squeezing out of the <laughs> of the Play-Doh guy, and you get to trim it, or his beard comes out. That's it works what it reminded like twice, me of. and then it gets clogged up. <laughs> yeah, Play-Doh. right, exactly, because it dries yeah. and nobody cleans it. Uh, but, but then they essentially do this where they're like squeezing out. I'll be generous and call it turds of chewed up <laughs> banana into each other's mouths. And it's horrifying, but at the same time, it's also like, okay, well, this is this is what this is, because it's not America's Got Talent, right? It's like, th- like this is the type of thing where it's like, this, <laughs> yes. this is an act of some sort, but I don't know where they would do it other than the gong show. And and I was like, even though I was horrified and disgusted, I was also like, yeah, I, I would have given that a 10. I think I would give it a 10. Other place that would happen would be very niche fetish videos, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, seriously. It was it was really like borderline fetish video. But but then like so much of it, I was just like, uh, it's just kind of boring. But I have to say, like the Mike Myers character, like like at the center of it, like I think was weirdly a good choice. Huh. Controversial have... to say, but I'm going to stick with it. All right. Can, can and we throw it to you there guys? for one second? <laughs> Jeff, can you turn down the gain on your mic just a little bit, please? Oh, sure. You sound Where's good. That? You just That's sound like a little, little hot. So. How about now? Is that better? Yeah, that's great. Thank or you. did I turn it up? Uh, How about now? How about now? I think I'm going the wrong way. Here we go. How about now? How about now? That How about good. now? Okay, that's good. Is that better? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes, so, Tara, I think you were about okay. to say something. <clears throat> yeah, I have a theory about the, the character of Mike Myers, which is that they approached him and he thought 
it's going to be a come down for me in my career if I just host this. This, uh, hey, I'm I'm being him. I'm not saying that's what I. No, think. I I agree that that was probably the. But yeah, let's. I just had to snort to shut up my Myers. <laughs> I just yeah, want to sorry. make it clear: Continue. this is me role playing as Mike Myers. That he was like, if I, I'll, I'll just be another chump like Alec Baldwin if if I do this as me, the way Alec Baldwin is on Match Game. But if I do it as a character, then I'm, it, it's it adds to the comedy and it puts another character into my, you know, uh, cabinet of. Uh, merriment. I don't know where I was. That Cars. sentence started one place and ended another. But uh, but it, like the it's not that. It's not that different from like the character himself. Even like his stupid catchphrase of like "Who's a cheeky monkey?" Like that's straight Austin Powers. Like he's not even. Yeah. All right then. Who's a cheeky monkey? You are. No, you are. And that's why I love you. Anyway. I, I don't think he's yeah. trying that hard other than how much, like, he's got Baron Von Chin Putty on, like, Bart getting ready yeah. to go to the try and save that. Christmas picture. Yeah, that. the Robin Williams makeup was weird. That I was like, who even am I looking at right it's, now? Uh, and then he's also got, like, a tickle trunk of, like, props and stuff. Because when Uncle, what's his face, Clutch? Mm-hmm. He, Cludge. He, yeah. Okay. He, so he goes. I heard clutch. I believe it was clutch. Clutch makes more sense. Yeah, I guess. it does. Yeah. But then he goes and like goes and and retrieves you know a scary mask to hold over his face. Like and then he's got like the queen portrait and stuff. It's like it's so many layers of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like it just it doesn't add to any of it. I I felt Sarah. What did you? Well, think? the prop the props are the props are a throwback to the, to Chuck Barris also. Like okay. he would have like little props too. But Fair anyway, enough. go on, Sarah. On to you. Um, yeah, I was not a fan of the hosting. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but that's only because I knew what it was going to be. And I was predisposed to hate it because Mike Myers, like, I I can't like that, that switch has been thrown, um, and can't be overridden. Um, my issue with the show, like I was like, I was entertained by it, and I understand why it's on now. It's the sort of thing that, like, the whole family's together at the summer cottage. You could put this on, and, like, at least you'll pass the time. Right. For an hour when, at your summer cottage that has two channels, and the other one is, like, the Portuguese baking authority uh, <laughs> official cable channel. But the this happened to a friend. It's like, That's a good channel. But... <laughs> I do, yeah, for for a couple hours, and then the raisins come out, and it all goes to shit. Um, but I just don't think, like, I think in the seventies when you did have, like, first of all, way fewer entertainment options to choose from, and like, it was just a different time and a time in which people were alive who remembered vaudeville and having to make your own fun in this manner. Like, this is why I had numerous ancient relatives who were in barbershop quartets like it's oklahoma what else are you gonna do yeah so i think it hasn't i don't think it translates necessarily to the 21st century because i think it's a more innocent form of entertainment or idea of entertainment that doesn't quite go we're we're a pop culture that has consumed, spat out, and subsequently got bored with Jackass. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. If they brought back Jackass, I would still watch it. I'm sorry. And then you know you have what you know what is to like you know 
uh, you know, the the beginning of the jackass spectrum on this show. So yeah, I I I I feel like this show's time has come and gone as far as like how it works as a as a thing unto itself. You know, like. But I was thinking the the way to make this work for me would be to take this off ABC and turn it into uh, the uh, the way Bowling for Dollars worked in the 70s, where every <laughs> yeah. like non-network uh, channel in your area had Bowling for Dollars, you know, in the afternoon. And then this would be that, where it would just be like, the Greater Rochester Area Gong Show. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. like, if they wanted to do, like, something special where they have, like, the New York State Gong Show or whatever with all the winners of the regional <laughs> ones, ha- have at it. But I don't think that's necessary. I think all you need is that weirdo at the end of the street who, you know, knows how to do things with popsicle sticks and gasoline or whatever. And he comes on this show. <laughs> And the you know the uh, the judges are like you know three mayors ago, and you know the guy who owns the the you know the the hardware store downtown, and you know the the, the town bicycle, and there you go, and that's your show. <laughs> but on a national level, with all this, like it, I, I just like I agree with Sarah. It just seems like this this sort of thing just doesn't work today. I think we're just like we're too sophisticated in our dumb choices. Yeah. Well, here's <laughs> here's the thing though, in terms of like. The idea of peak TV inflation, which I think we're headed for a bust. Like, and the the thing that struck me about this last week was I got an email from a publicist at Netflix that was like, Hey, would you like screeners of this show Ozark starring Laura Linney and Jason Bateman? I was like, Sure, this is literally the first I've heard of it and it's starting next month. Like, in normally, you know, five, even five years ago, a show, a 10 part like drug, you know, drama starring Jason Bateman and Laura Linney would be a huge fucking deal. And now it's just like, well, here's another thing for the pile. Who cares? Like, it's so, it's such a non event. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And so while we were watching the gong show, like, I turned to Dave and was like, this is going out for free to America for an hour every week. This. And, like, actually, potentially good shows. I haven't watched Ozark. I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. But, like, at least it's, it seems like it's more ambitious than this. And Sarah's right. Like the to- the rationale for shows like this and Dancing with the Stars and The Voice and the revival of American Idol one and a half years after it ended. <laughs> finally it's back. I know. Is, the drought's finally. over. But is but that's but that's why. Like yeah. it's the desire for shows that all four quadrants of the people who may be in your house at a given time can all watch without yeah. anyone worrying that they're gonna see a nipple or a bad word or something, including But there's there's another reason why this show is back. And it's the same reason why all of the stuff on the summer slate for ABC is back, which is it's easy marketing. Right. It's and a it's known cheap. quantity. Yeah. It's like rebooting a, a movie or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, even if I don't know what the gong show is, I've heard the name and I know they hit a gong and I know mm-hmm. there's weird, like, there, it, there's just certain aspects of it that are pre-sold that you don't have to explain. Yeah. yeah. So... So, you know, it's like it's like putting like celebrity family feud on, you know, which they're also <laughs> doing, right? Yes, you know, and, and match and, game and is like, coming back too. Or is back. Right. And so it's like all and of it's these cheap things, as hell to make too. Yep. Yeah, they're super cheap. And like there's there's like to me to me they almost did this right. Not that I would watch it. I mean, <laughs> but like they almost did it right in that like you need you need like 
you need a, a better distinction of the acts. Like, like there needs to be like some acts that are like really, really abysmally bad. <laughs> but then there also have to be some that it's like you would literally never see anywhere else. So like the two, the singing, like the singing, like Asian brother and sister, like are almost like it's like why have them on the Gong Show? Like they're just doing kind of a comedy song, and it's but it's not that funny of a song. Yeah. Like you know, it's like. I get having like Uncle Cludge on because what the fuck is Uncle Cludge, <laughs> you know? And like you literally would not see him anywhere else, just like the banana people or the lady who put the tarantula in her mouth and then yeah. played and then subjected it to harmonic. I feel sorry for that tarantula. <laughs> not that it not that it got put in her mouth, but it had to like. Then she blues travelered it, and that's just wrong. <laughs> like that's just that's not nice. I mean, I don't like spiders either, but. I mean, just having compassion for it for being blues travelered is really too much. But, <laughs> but I understand why they made why they had like why it's like non-union, like I said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I understand why why it's like Mike Myers doing a character because it's more it's more interesting. Like I still don't want to watch it, but it's more interesting. It's like what the fuck is going uh, on with the show? And like all the comedians are like, this is hilarious. Like. They looked like they were actually. They enjoying must have been it. so high. That yeah. was the only thing I could Probably. think. Is that they all yeah, that's what I thought. Went. I don't know. Crazy. I thought some of those reactions know. were pretty canned. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> if I agree too. with that. Also, the Tommy Tommy Maitland character, the Mike Myers, the host. Uh, he's like, Tommy there's Maitland. Nothing there. It's like a not. It's like if you took his like. it's just a watered down i don't know character from married i married an axe murderer or something like it's it's just like there's nothing there it's not No, but it's it's, the reason is the reason is the safety behind it like he gets to do the character and so it's it's not like it reflects poorly on mike oh i get it i'm just saying it's not very like you know you're saying like it adds to the whatever i don't think it does i think it's like (laughs) like like okay yeah i know that's mike myers Mike Myers isn't being funny. Tommy Maitland isn't being funny. <laughs> right. It's not no, really true. like a very interesting take on an incognito, you know, entity. I don't know why that exists beyond the fact that it shields Mike Myers from the fact that he is doing TV hosting now. And that's the and and beyond that, it doesn't really seem to have any nutritional value. No, but but, I I I mean, if you think about it coming from Mike Myers, that's actually a pretty big accomplishment. It's not mugging so hard that he has a stroke and his eyeball falls out and (laughs) rolls across the stage and has its own act and is like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. That if he were being any more, it would be annoying. But he's just supposed to be a host. So he's this like thrown in the blender British version combo of Richard Dawson and Robin Williams, which is like, Eh, like it's not funny, but it's also like not so off-putting as it could be. So in a way, you can look at this as an achievement in Mike Myers' sort of like <laughs> thinking that something is funny and pushing it through to its logical conclusion and having it be at least not a neutron bomb of unfunny. This has been achievements in restraint. <laughs> All right, guys, I can't believe this. We've been talking for 25 minutes about the fucking gong show. We got to end this, but can we just do maybe like our best and worst (laughs) picks for the the acts just to wrap this up? Sure. With any other? Sure. Okay. Uh, I will go first. Uh, I was sort of rating it on original gong show worthiness. 
and I thought the banana people were probably the most gongy. Gongy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The ones that f- would feel, except for the end part where they're actually repeatedly spitting banana goo after it's all been yeah, chewed through in each other's lot. mouth repeatedly. I don't think that would have gotten done in the seventies, but the rest of it seemed pretty uh Barris Gong Show era to me. And the worst one, uh boy, lots to choose from, but uh I really uh didn't like the shaving cream bit. I didn't think it worked. Uh, shall I go next? Yes. Okay. My best one was the jump rope guy who was the be- the most actually talented person. Yeah. And my worst was a tie between the opera lady because she could have taken a second pass at that uh, those lyrics and actually made them line up with the tune, which she didn't, and the banana people because that was fucking disgusting. <laughs> Jeff. Um, banana people are definitely the best act. <laughs> Uh, especially because it went so gross, especially because of that. They did not go too far. They wait, let me take that back. They went too far, but then kept going and they ended up back around the world. Right. And so it was worth it. Um, (laughs) the worst was the guy who came out and for no reason sang like, like I'm, I'm from Coney Island and I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Matthew Lesko, like, (laughs) <laughs> like vest with question marks on it instead of dollar signs. That, is that his name? Matthew Lesko? Yeah. Something yeah. Lesko. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that guy, you know, just like, it's like there, there's not even thought behind it. It's just incredibly lame. And uh, so, yeah, Sarah. Um, well, my MVP, this is not my favorite act, but at the end when everyone is gathered on the stage wait, awaiting the results, uh, a little like unicorn puppet <laughs> peeked over everyone's yeah. heads. It was yeah. like, oh, like very, you know, in suspense unicorn puppet is my MVP, but that was not an act. Um, Along with an aerobic act- troupe. There was an aerobic troupe yeah. too that we there didn't was. see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, wherever it came from, it was it was cute. Yeah. Um, my be- uh, my favorite act, I think, is the Banana People. It was revolting, but it was very gong showy. And I suspect I sat next to those people at a wedding once. <laughs> like, n- not people like that. I do know a lot of whatever dramatic people. Those actual people, like awesome. because of the wig, I I couldn't really tell. They they were very nice. They were fun table mates. Um, and least favorite was Opera Lady for all the reasons that Tara cited. Did and those people I- spit? cake back into each other's mouths and that's how you yeah, that'd be, that'd be giveaway. not that i saw but i was pretty drunk john ramos was there i will ask him if that happened. I don't yeah. if it was them ask him they live in la cake. you can hang out with them i'm excited all right uh, spoiler yeah oh it's the unipiper show spoilers are now at an end except for this way too many tents given out on this show oh yeah yep yeah, yeah what the hell Cape Hatteras and old Milwaukee both mean something great to these guys. Hatteras means surf casting for bluefish, and man, do they love to fight. And old Milwaukee means a great beer. Cold, crisp old Milwaukee beer. And smooth, golden old Milwaukee light. There's nothing like the flavor of a special place. And old Milwaukee beer. Old Milwaukee and old Milwaukee light. Hey, guys, this doesn't get any better than this.
It is time to go around the dial. First stop, Tara Ariana. Uh, just wanted to briefly talk about the Better Call Saul finale. Kind of anticlimactic, I thought. Dave, I agreed. It was a. It was. I mean, I it wrote was about sort this. of like the uh, the Game of Thrones pattern of the penultimate right. episode being the or Sopranos as well. Yeah, yep. yeah, being the uh, sort of the fire, you know, the barn burner, and then uh, the ultimate sort of just setting the stage for next season. Yeah, but I, I mean, I wrote about this earlier in the season too. This is this has felt like a really slow season for me. Mm-hmm. It's 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 been a lot of table setting with like just a few sort of spiky events. Not even in every episode. Like some of them have really just felt like killing time Mm -hmm. so i still love the show but uh, it's hard to get excited about it about even the the last week's episode either frankly well the the the, jimmy's big through story of this season was like community service yeah (laughs) and and the uh you know there was there's the great court room yeah, the, uh, episode hear- the bar association with, with, with his brother. And how much time has passed in the Shoniverse? Yeah, I don't. Even, that I don't much. know that either. Yeah. Not much. But uh, yeah, it was sort of yeah, it was low energy, low key, um, it, and it wasn't like consistently good like other seasons have been. But it wasn't bad. It was just sort of like yeah, it sort of had like uh, uh, lulls, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and part of it is that. You know, the the most well, first of all, they this sort of backbench Mike for a good chunk of the season. Well, he's not he wasn't even in the finale. He wasn't all. even in the finale. And then all the other non sol breaking bad E things are like a fait accompli. Like it's it's the whole thing about how Hector got to be uh, you know, in his chair and, and not able to speak and, and what what happened there. So they telegraphed what happened there right at the beginning of the season, what was going to happen. And then it's just like, it plays out, but not in a really surprising or, uh, satisfying way. Like the whole thing with, with, with the, the pills and yeah. and everything. Like I, it was just sort of like, yeah, we know what's going to happen. Oh, you're just going to show us what we know is going to happen. Well, that's what I wrote about it when I was sort of taking issue with this season earlier. And, and, and several people in the thread about that episode were like, uh, it's not because my, my thesis was the fan service elements of Better Call Saul were dragging it down and making it slow. And it's a, it's a, it's a short season anyway. It's only 10 episodes, but it makes it feel, it felt long to me. And people were like, well, it doesn't, it's not that way to me because I've never seen Breaking Bad, which to me is, bizarre what possible interest could you have in better calls all i mean people obviously do and god bless but that's mm. that's incomprehensible to uh, that's me gotta that be you would have it you would have an interest in watching better calls all if you yeah that's gotta be a bad. small piece of the, the pie, probably though. yeah yeah no that's my husband but i mean that was like a coincidence and sort of like a side effect for him right of being married to me and sort of being like half in with some shows sure. and <laughs> Like he started Breaking Bad and then the first season was like a little tough and he just didn't stick with it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do I need it to enjoy Better Call Saul? And I said, apparently not, because it's your favorite show. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know. But I don't know why you would start if you weren't in that same situation. So, right. Yeah. Anyway, it's still a good show. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, but at this point, now that we're three seasons deep, it really does feel like you're just waiting for what happens to Nacho and what happens to Kim that neither of them are part of the Breaking Bad story. And so it that that makes it feel like unevenly tense to me because like the, the, that the, they're because they don't progress in the next season or they don't Wait, last. Wait, Nacho's in Breaking Bad, isn't it? No, I don't think so. Oh, thought he was. I don't think so either. Oh, okay. No. All right. 
I'm just so used to him now. I guess I imagined he was in that. No, I don't. I'm pretty sure he's okay, not because right. I would have remembered. He, was, he was the guy. He was in Orphan Black because okay. I would have. Rem- I would remember the crossover. But anyway, point being, still a good show. Um, I'm if d- depending on how things go in the premiere. I mean, they could go either way, but the the Chuck story may be over too, and that would be a shame because that's that that dynamic between Chuck and Jimmy has has been one of the biggest pleasant. I mean call it a pleasant yes. surprise isn't is kind of weird because their story has not been pleasant but they've driven so much great story in better call Saul that i will be sad if it's over that's all i had to say about that and for my plug i'll just mention um all our great new podcasts the two spotted dicks on the great british bake-off show <laughs> launched on friday with past guests of this show adam grossworth and daniel mckeckern and starting this week uh Allison Lohuff and Chris Huff on Glow, the Netflix Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling series, which starts this Friday. Can't wait. Two Spotted Dicks has um, had amazing first week pickup. Yeah? Yeah. Well, people love that show. I'm telling yeah, you. they do. That and uh, it's like Little House on the Prairie. Dicks. Little House on the Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was like very quick out of the gate, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. Look out for those. Subscribe. Jeff Drake. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Fargo, which um, I guess the finale comes up this week, right? If you're listening to this podcast on the day it drops, it will be tonight. Yeah, so the finale is tonight. Um, My wife and I have been watching this, and um, I was shocked to find out like at the end of last episode that it's like, and then on the season finale, I was like, oh, Really? Because like every episode, I've literally been waiting for this show to take off this season, and um, just it's just such a letdown after season two, which was such a great, amazing season of television. And then there's this season where like it's populated by like a bunch of quirky characters who are like, well, there's there's an expression in comedy writing that like uh, putting a hat on a hat. Like you've already got, <laughs> yeah, like you've already got your, you've already got your quirk or whatever, and so then it's like, but then you put like a hat on it again, and it's like it's all, it's already wearing a hat, you know, and so like with this show, it's like, it's like why are the two like killers like wh- why aren't they both Russian? Why is one Russian and one's like an Asian guy who doesn't speak and likes to dance and listen? I mean, it's just like every single detail is so like twee it's just it's it's just like it you know and it's like like every every episode i'm literally like i get it varga is gross i get it already (laughs) i don't have to see him eating ice cream hurriedly on a fucking toilet like i get it you already showed me his teeth (laughs) what are we talking about the gong show again And now Varga will eat ice cream on the toilet hurriedly. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, but it, but then it ultimately is not really adding up to anything. It's like, why, you know, because ultimately the big question is like, what, like, why, what is Varga getting out of this whole thing? I mean, I'm at a point where it's like, we're going to watch the last episode, but I don't really care how it plays out, you know? It's like, there seem to be no stakes. Even, I mean, their people's lives are at stake, but it's like, but what, you know, at first I kind of like, oh, this, like the, um, that the Stussy character got like dragged into this thing, like sort of, you know, just by accident, like by trying to, like, I thought it was funny. Like he's trying to pay back money 
Like he took a loan and he just wants to pay it back, but the guy doesn't want the money back because instead we're doing this thing. But like none of what Varga does seems real. Like yeah. what does he get out of it? <laughs> you know, it's like to what end all of this money in a way, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just like everything is just so disconnected. And then like, then like, you know, then you throw in like, oh, this guy's deaf and he helps out. He helps out the helps out the lady who was, you know, who was who who plays bridge and was <laughs> sleeping with Ray. And like and it's just like everything is like what? And there's just no there hasn't been a moment that seemed like an intricately crafted like wow i'm looking at a swiss watch in operation you know it's like Mm -hmm. instead there are moments that are supposed to be that but like for instance in this last episode it's like oh so so she and varga are going to meet up in this lobby why does she sit under a skylight how do they know she's going to sit there how do they and thus how do they know what room to go to to put a guy with a rifle? How does how does her deaf friend then know to go to that room? It's like all of it is just like happenstance. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, ah, oh, please. It's which may or may not even be happening because once Ray Wise is in the picture, who knows where what plane you're even on. Right. Like, yeah. That that episode is where Dan and I kind of were like, we don't know what we just watched and like I wasn't mad at it, but it's like you said, like every there's so many hats on everyone yeah. <laughs> that it's not relatable. Like even um the whatever former chief Carrie Coon's character is yeah. like, but she doesn't deal with computers and she doesn't do Facebook. And it's like, okay, yeah. like, can there be one person who's just a person and not right. a collection of cutesy preferences exactly that were on note cards (laughs) yes and it's they're sometimes beautiful shots and this is an extremely impressive cast of actors that i think are just like like jerking off basically Mm -hmm. because the story like and then they kill off in my opinion the wrong brother and i'm not you know I like Ewan McGregor's performance, but I liked him much better as Ray and Emmett's wig is driving me crazy. And <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just too much and I'm ready for it to end. Yeah. Well, and like, on the, let's wrap on the, it up and do better next year. Yeah. I mean, on the Ray Wise tip, just real quickly, it's like, if you're going to have like, like, okay, so you, you've decided to do something out of the big Lebowski, essentially. Like right. this is, yeah. you know, this is, uh, what's his name? I, now I just have Sam Waterston's name in my head and that's not who it was. Um, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Thank you. That's why. Sam and Sam. You basically have a Sam Elliott character. Only it's Laura Palmer's dad. So now it's like <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, Who's played wh- the devil in a network series? Exactly. Like, it's yeah, like it's dude. like wh- so like you take one like, thing off. Uh, it's just yeah. It's just too much. Everything is just too much, and it feels feels like I'm gonna scribble all these ideas down as a first draft and then when we rework it we'll like smooth everything out and make it all make sense only that never happened or yeah, something we, I don't we know. bailed yeah I decided after the second episode which is what, the one where we discover that in the year 2010 the Carrie Coon character does not use computers like that's not a quirk that's just being stupid like that's not something <laughs> a real cop would ever do this is this this doesn't take place in 1983 like let's be realistic but but the other right. thing is that like it was I hated it so much by the second episode that it was like 
true detective in that it made me think, oh boy, were the last two seasons also bad? And I just didn't notice because I liked the actors so much. So that's something that I haven't cared to investigate. But yeah, Fargo, I agree. Puh. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> and what do you have to plug, Jeff? I believe you have a podcast um, to plug. I have a podcast that, um, that I do with Stephanie Green about The Bachelorette currently. It is called Wine and Roses. And that's spelled W-H-I-N-E. And our new episode, did it drop today? Yes, right. it did. I, I mean, yesterday, yesterday. by <laughs> the time you listen to this. Yes. Um, so get on board. Sometimes you'll hear one of my small children screaming in the background. <laughs> what a bonus. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it's it's very faint, though. So it's just like, oh, that, that man is uh, is trapped somewhere where there's screaming children. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, I'm going to talk briefly about 30 for 30. Uh, it has continued. If I were ESPN, I would have probably quit after the masterful and now Academy Award winning OJ Made in America and just rested on the series Laurels, which even aside from that um, section of the show, were not insignificantly leafy. Whatever, however you talk about laurels. Anyway, I've referred to the series elsewhere as sports documentaries for people who may not really care about one or either, like both of those things. But the so-called part three, or the third season, which actually began in the fall of 2015 and is kind of (laughs) just still going, has included highlights like The Prince of Pennsylvania, which was about John DuPont, uh, Fantastic Lies, which is the second time this series has made me sympathize with Duke undergraduates. <laughs> Here's the thought. Uh, Doc and Daryl, which I covered on Previously.TV. We can link to that in the show notes. Uh, that one was actually rather disturbing as to Dwight Gooden's relative physical condition, but still excellent. And the most recent outing, the three-part Celtics-Lakers Best of Enemies. Uh, I don't care about the NBA generally. I certainly would not have told you that I would enjoy hearing uh, Donnie Wahlberg lamenting a Boston sports team's travails. Um, There is some protesting too much about how the Celtics drafting of Bill Russell means it's not a racist town. Like, okay. (laughs) It is. Pumps and green. Don't at me. Uh, And some of these I just DVR because my husband shouldn't have to sit through an SVU rerun during every single dinner we eat on the couch. But Celtics Lakers is really good. It actually has two competing uh, voiceovers about the respective teams, Dottie Wahlberg for the Celtics and Ice Cube for the Lakers. It's done really well. It's never not fun to see Kareem Skyhook, even if you're a Mennonite who doesn't know what basketball is. Uh, not to mention the abbreviated uniform shorts of a bygone era. No complaints here. And it does what this series has done really well from the beginning, which is fill me in on a time and a story that I wasn't paying close attention to when it happened or didn't know I cared about until a good filmmaker made me. So if you've missed any of the more recent ones that I've just mentioned, set your DVRs because ESPN Classic and ESPN2 tend to run them like overnight on Saturdays in the wee hours and you can catch up on them that way. They're not on the app, on the ESPN app? I'm sure they are on the app. Um <laughs> I am not sure I know how to use the app correctly, so I cannot really make any grand pronouncements about the app. All right. Imagine it's the aughts. Use your DVR this one time. Uh, My plug is, speaking of things that you can hear in the background, for my podcast with our 
uh, frequent guest, Mark Blankenship. It's called Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. And if you would like to hear a tiny gray cat screaming in the background, boy, I would. are you in luck. Sorry, what? I said I would. <laughs> Good. It, it could happen in, in this podcast, too. Uh, I'd also like to mention uh, the Bride and Doom podcast that Tara does with Brian Rubenstein. Thank you so it much. is hilarious, and that tiny gray cat loves it. It kept her calm in the car both ways, 20 minutes each way to the vet. The only time that she spoke up was about Cody's vocal fry. And when we got home, I was still listening to it like out loud. I had my phone in my pocket and I was just puttering around and she like came in to listen to it. So <laughs> it is very, I mean, it's huh. hilarious and a good listen anyway, but if you have a tetchy feline in your life, it serves a dual purpose, entertaining <laughs> and soothing to cats. All right. <laughs> put that in our marketing on, material. On Married at First Sight, Brian will be fascinated to learn that because he is very anti-pet. So I, I look forward okay. to passing well, that on to she, him. She does not know that and I will not tell her. Yeah, don't. Um, so I just want to do a pitch for the previously's the um, sort of successor to a thing called the Tubi Awards from way back when, currently about halfway through on the previously.tv forums. Um, if you remember from way back when, I did all by myself <laughs> these awards. There was so much work um, where we have a bunch of normal categories, a bunch of fun categories. We open up the nominations. We get 30, 40 nominations for every category. And then we let everybody vote on the nominations to sort of pick which ones were worthy. And then the top nominations go to uh you know a traditional pick one vote right now we're right in the middle of you telling us which user nominations are worthy entries to categories such as best performance by an inanimate object which is the Your whole favorite. reason this exists that was the genesis <laughs> of the original awards and i said uh one of our mods um uh spruce wanted to do it again i said fine if you want to you know do the heavy lifting. I'm more than happy to help behind the scenes, but just know this, the inanimate object award has to be in there or you cannot do it. Um, <laughs> so that is currently happening on forums.previously.tv. It's a lot of fun. There's some great nominations in there and uh, also category nominations happen too. So we got some new categories in there too. So nice. check that out. Lots of fun. I think then the actual voting starts this week or, uh, Maybe start of next week. Today's extra hot, great micro topic comes to us from Kelly. For her friend Katie's birthday, Kelly has asked us to examine one of Katie's favorite TV tropes, amnesia. What past or present TV show would be most improved with an, am with an amnesia plot? Like, for example, one where someone forgets how to talk and which character should be afflicted. <laughs> I will go first. Jane the Virgin's Louisa should get amnesia, forget she has any claim on the Marabella, and that she was ever in romantically involved with a crime boss so that both the business intrigue and overly complicated crime stories could get choked off the show. Sarah. Uh, this could go wrong really easily because that's how it usually goes with the writing choice to do amnesia, but I would love it if Animal Kingdom conked Pope on the head and obliged Smurf to fill in the gaps in his memory with stuff from the boys' childhoods that he already knows, but we've never heard. It's one of the show's strengths that it doesn't overplay the weird pesty she family that Smurf has built or do flashbacks at all, really. But 
I could stand a window into Gre- Craig and Darren's like junior high days. Fine. Maybe I just want a prequel because I love the show so much. Dave. Uh, I think both Kit and Michael should get amnesia from Knight Rider, and they're both in the car wondering what the hell is going on. Why is this car talking to me? Why am I a car? I don't understand anything that's going on, and uh, I think that would be great. Uh, Jeff, take us home. Very tough to follow that one, but I'm going to go with Veronica Mars, and I think Veronica Mars should have amnesia every episode so that every episode she's like, wait, what happened? <laughs> um, and I think that would just make the show more interesting. All right. Thank you all for an unforgettable, extra hot, great micro. And from all of us and Kelly, happy, happy birthday, Katie. That music means it is time for the canon. Jeff Drake is submitting this week. Take it away, Jeff. Well, you know, if I'm submitting from the canon, it's something that I had to dust off and dig up from the, <laughs> from the history of television. Jeff's comedy. Um, although I'm not, although I'm not going back as far as I have before, like when I've submitted the Dick Van Dyke Show, for instance. Instead, this is Barney Miller. It's um, from uh, season three, so uh, like when it's hit its stride, and it's uh, an episode called Hash. It's episode eleven. And before I get into the specifics of this particular episode and why it deserves its place in the canon, let me say this. Look, Barney Miller had some things against it built into its DNA. As a close friend of mine, Anne, once told me, it's possibly the least handsome cast of any TV company. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm ready to refute that when it's my turn to respond, but please proceed. Maybe any TV show, period, with the exception of Ron Glass, who's quite handsome, because Wojohowicz is treated as a hunk. And what? Max Gale? Are you kidding me? Okay, anyway, oh we'll let Tara address that. I will. Also, some of the... Some of the jokes and tropes are a little old-timey and hacky, like Abe Vigoda's Detective Fish, uh, by the way, who earned a spinoff um, called Fish, uh, plays it, plays out the tired old like weariness with the wife thing that sadly is still a thing in sitcoms. It also takes place in one setting, this claustrophobic squad room, which is kind of an unusual like thing to see, especially in modern day. But that said, it has one of the top ten greatest theme songs ever, and if pressed, I can tell you the other nine. Um, <laughs> so... But I won't. I won't spend that time right now. But but hit me up and, uh, and I'll tell you exactly what they are. So anyway, this show. So every every episode is kind of like this, like comings and goings of of like uh, of like perpetrators who you know come in and there's you know there's ongoing storylines with each with you know like Ron Glass's character Harris is like writing a novel and this you know there's all of these little things. A lot of that doesn't come into play in this. Instead, we start off with Wojohowicz bringing in. He's got a new girlfriend because he's a ladies' man. What? Um, and. Uh, he's got a new girlfriend that uh, who's really into cops and she has made brownies for him. And so she, he passes them around to see if people want them. Everybody, but Barney, who's the chief, um, everybody, Barney has the, has the brownies and they think they're great. And this is, this episode is a classic slow burn because it is literally nine minutes into the show before like the brownies, which uh, spoiler alert have been laced with hash thus the name of the episode hash um start to take effect amc network's sundance now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas heart-stopping thrillers and gripping true crime series from around the world sundance now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own why is sundance now so awesome 
Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! And we start getting the first hint that something's wrong um, with Wojo himself, where he describes, and I, I didn't clip this because it's mostly seeing Wojo describe how this bur- he got a call and there was a burglar who escaped across a ledge up the wall and onto the roof. And the way he describes it is he has his fingers like run up Barney's arm <laughs> and then up to his shoulder and then over his shoulder. And, um, and just look on how Lyndon's face, who plays Barney Miller, is classic. But then, then the drugs really start to take effect, and um, there's uh, Detective Yamana, played by the great, late great Jack Sue, um, and Yamana, each of the detectives who gets high is a different kind of stoned, which I think is kind of the fun part about this episode, and Yamana is a giggly stoned guy, <laughs> and um, he's, uh, he's talking to, um, he's trying to get a statement from, from somebody that was brought in because this guy was dueling in the park with another man, and he says this. You want a brownie? <laughs> no, I want to go away from here. <coughs> You're pretty good. Look, see, you dunk them, and they get nice and mushy. Thank you. <laughs> good word, mushy. Mushy, mushy, mushy. Um, unlike Yamana, um, Wojo himself just kind of gets, he's, he's, always kind of classically dim in the show and he just gets dumber in this and so Wojo we start to see gets stupid stoned uh what's your name Fred <laughs> Fred what <laughs> Um, Yamana really goes over the edge and starts singing. And, um, and then we see that, uh, Harris, uh, who's always kind of the coolest guy in, in the, uh, in, in the station anyway, is uh, just becomes a gregarious and happy stone person. And, um, so, uh, Yamana stands up from the desk and just begins singing a song in the middle of, in the middle of the, of the squadron. Barney, Barney, Barney. Is your mother from Killarney? 
Hey, uh, Barn, I think he's stoned. Stoned? What are you talking about? Hey, what do you say we guys go down to the beach and shoot some clams? <laughs> How many of these things have you had? Mushy, mushy. <laughs> At this point, Barney figures out that there's something probably wrong with the with the brownies, that the brownies are, in fact, probably laced with something. And uh, and standing next to him is Harris, who um, who figures out what might be in the brownies. You think you can still function? Hey, sharp as a tack. Right. <laughs> these things have them analyzed fast, Nick. Not that way. <laughs> I think you got hash in them, Barney. Hash? <laughs> From the way that I feel. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Barney asks him to analyze him, uh, Harris just starts eating another one. And that's why he says not that way. <laughs> Barney realizes that even Harris is too far gone to be of any use uh, with the following exchange. Two of you, stay home until you feel better. Okay, Barney, I'll stay. But I ain't never gonna feel no better. <laughs> Better not drive a car. Take a bus. <laughs> hey, Bart. <laughs> if I can't drive a car, <laughs> I better not drive a bus. <laughs> it's uh, it's this central part of the show that I feel pushes it into canon-worthy territory. There's the slow burn leading up, uh, setting the stage of all of these things, and leading up to this central piece where it's just like a further, like, one person is more stoned than the next until finally um, Fish, who has been off with Wojohowicz trying to pursue this uh, cat burglar, comes back in. And the cat burglar is amazed because um, Fish has chased him across rooftops, including a leap across a 12 foot chasm and can't <laughs> and can't believe, you know, he's, just thinks he's superhuman. And um, and and then, of course, Fish is told that the brownies have hash in them and he's like, you know, well, you know, of course the one time in my life I felt, I felt great. And it turns out to be illegal. This episode, like a drug trip itself is the most fun when, while the drugs are hitting. Um, and so there's a little bit like, as like, as like the high sort of dissipates and people go home because of it, there's a little bit of a come down toward the end of the episode. Although I would say it does set up the great moment where Wojo, who by this point is feels guilty because he brought in, brought in the brownies and gets very sad near the end and really is worried that Barney won't forgive him asks tells Barney to to air as human to forgive divine and then asks Barney to be divine and <laughs> and then as he's sent home and as he leaves um he gives Barney a big hug and it's a it's a really terrific moment so anyway this is to me the um the the classic episode of of Barney Miller um and i believe uh, on the strength of the central like 10 minutes of of this uh, deserves to be in the canon. What say you? I'll go first. Okay. I was, it's been a long time since I've watched an episode of Barney Miller and I was shocked at how modern it feels. Totally. Uh, uh, how the, the pacing yeah. was pretty good. Like I know you're saying like the first 10 minutes and the last bit, you know, sort of following the, the pattern of a build up and a high and a letdown. Uh, you know the the middle part is great, but um, you know the other parts were pretty good too. Like the 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 the, the sort of the one of the the perp troubles they have, they didn't mention or like 
a critic and an actor having a spat and they take him into the you know, they put him in the, the holding cell. After they're fighting with sabers, which Barney mimes because yeah. he can't believe the call. Like, sabers? <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a great little payoff at the end with, you know, the actor, you know, pretending he forgives the the critic and, you know, of course, acting, you know. And it's nice little, uh, little kind of vaudevillian kind of little bit. Yeah, it's that's, but It worked, too. And it's something like, you know, that immediately made me think of Cheers or something, you know, like and there's a there's a throughput here. Uh, from that show, from the show to to shows that are to come later in the decade, um, you know, this is uh, one of many workplace comedies that I really enjoyed. Like this is like a news radio type of show, um, and uh, <laughs> my mind just went blank. I had another one, um, but like it. Not only is this because the subject matter is drug use, it seems modern, but also just. The fact that they can let the characters do funny things without having to land like a defined joke all the time really works. You know, just like as you were saying, you know, uh, the one detective is just like kind of a, a silly drunk, as it were, a silly high. Uh, you know, the other guy just gets emotional. And I, I'm not convinced that Ron Glass wasn't a little bit high. <laughs> like he, he nails that so well. <laughs> Just sort of like the cool cat high. Um, and uh, Ron Glass is so good in this episode. He's great. He's so great. Um, is anybody alive from this show anymore? <laughs> Hal Lojo? Linden is still alive, I think. Oh, I think Hal Linden lost. I think we lost Maybe Hal not. Linden. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I was just really surprised by how well this was paced, uh, how well the characters are drawn in and out of recreational drug use and uh, that they maintain something of themselves and sort of enhances their character uh thanks marijuana i guess is what i'm saying um <laughs> and uh just that like it was really funny and for a show that is coming up in what 40 years soon yeah right yep uh yeah. like the fact that this still hits laughs in the same ways many sitcoms are doing it today is kind of amazing when you think back at it. You think of back, you know, 30 years from this, you know, like we're talking my mother, the car and stuff like that, you know, like how much <laughs> it progressed and how much the shows like this and this era, this and like taxi and stuff like that sets a stage for, you know, the next 30 years. So I was really impressed. I, I kind of forgotten uh, how modern of a show it was. Cause this is like a show. I was a kid when it came out, so I didn't really watch it the first time around. So, and it was really good, really funny. Uh, it's worth seeking out and it's on YouTube. So you can even watch it for free. Don't tell the authorities, Tara. Uh, yeah. I'm going to start by sticking up for the fuckability of this cast, frankly. Um, <laughs> Cause that was the first thing I thought. I, th- I thought honestly, when I was like, Hal Linden, cute. Ron Glass, cute. Max Gale, totally cute. Um, and I, I know that I've seen our friend and yours, I believe, too, Jeff Drake. Uh, Dave Holmes tweeting about how cute he still thinks Wojo is to this day. I mean, the haircut is a problem, but like, he's and, cute. And those little handcuff, the little handcuff tie tips. I love the handcuff tie tips. I totally forgot about it until I saw it. I was like, oh my God. Did he wear just like a lumberjack shirt? Yeah. Love it. I know. So sad. He's cute. I mean, you know, Yamana and Fish, maybe not. The other funny thing about watching <laughs> Fish is that, like, even then, he was super old. Like, Abe Vigoda is just like a Jason Robards who's been old forever. 
Um, but yeah, everything Dave said is true. It, it, I didn't really know what to expect as I never do with these shows. I'm sure I watched this in syndication like in the 80s, but I have no memory of it. I was also a kid when it was out. And, and you, you know, you, you never know how well something like this is going to age, but it's, it's true what Dave said. It, it does feel really ageless. And, and even though, the vogue now is for single camera sitcoms. You really miss when you watch something like this or Golden Girls or, of course, my favorite friends, like how much um, of what makes the show work is having the live audience there and letting a moment breathe and really letting the actor like sink their teeth into a reaction or a take or just, you know, something that that you can't you can't get in the same way on a single camera show um so this is this was so much fun to watch i'm really glad that you brought it to me and and best of all it made us it made me at least want to go back and watch it from the beginning and i you can because in addition to the fact that it's on youtube there's a one day a week and i can't remember which look at your listings uh but sundance shows a block of it um once a week i think might be saturday yes dave oh i just wanted two things i forgot to say one uh a very well not very but an early take on a very diverse cast. Oh, is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, if I could have my own office made to look like <laughs> that room, I would. I love that <laughs> set. I love fountain. that aesthetic, yeah. that sort of 1940s worn down look, you know, which was sort of how they dressed it. Battered you know, like, metal desk. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I really just, it was choice. Anyways, Sarah. There. <laughs> um well i was really apprehensive about this episode because sitcom i mean it's barney miller but still and because there is there are few uh chestnut plots i hate more than the i accidentally took drugs or got drunk plot because it's so many predictable beats most actors are not good at replicating this without going you know, super back row big with it. So I was apprehensive. This is the best I've ever seen it done. It just kept sort of unfolding and getting funnier and funnier. The fact that you don't see fish jump, you just have to like, (laughs) you hear about it secondhand and you're just like, you have to, I paused the episode and just pictured Pagoda (laughs) flailing grimly across the space between two New York buildings. Can I Um, I tell you what I was imagining? I was imagining uh, Rorschach from uh, (laughs) The Watchmen jumping across (laughs) buildings. They kind of dress the same except for the face thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it does feel really modern, but this is such a like the vintage elements of it, like that they're the, um, the set design, like Dave mentioned that everyone is like smoking all the time. (laughs) Uh, the twin towers are in the credits, which are that classic, like we're, you know, it's action and then freezing. And then the name (laughs) comes up. Like, it's just such a classic seventies style of credits that it's enjoyable. Of course, it's a great theme song. And it's nice that Jack Sue got a chance to sing a little bit because uh, (laughs) I found out that he had a nightclub act with Joey Bishop back in the day. Wow. So that was fun to have him get to sing. And I don't know, like the the last bit was like a good button on it because then it like, then it's done. Like it wrapped it up really neatly. The, and even the plot with the, even the like perps du jour, which I thought was like a little... Eh, like shaggy dog it was going on for a while but it wrapped up nicely also so this is really like a a canonical 
dare I say, example of how to build a sitcom and then bring everything to a point at the end, uh, but without being, but without it being predictable. Like it's expertly constructed, but you don't see the seams. So yep. it was really fun to watch and quite a pleasant surprise. And now I literally never have to watch any other. I accidentally took acid <laughs> plots again because now I've seen it done correctly and they can only disappoint after that. But thank you for this submission. It was a delight. Agreed. So let's put it to an official vote. Tara Ariana. Yay. Sarah Debunting. Yay. And I will say yay as well. So... Barney Miller, Season 3, Episode 11, Hash. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Cannon. <coughs> the Florida Keys and Milwaukee are a whole <laughs> company it. apart. But to these guys, they both mean something great. The Keys mean stone crab, big and fresh. And Milwaukee means beer, cold, crisp, old Milwaukee beer. And man, you can't have one without the other. Think of the town of Milwaukee. You think of beer. And all the crabs. You know what? Doesn't get any better than this. Americans love a winner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and will not tolerate a loser. No. <laughs> it is time for winner and loser of the week. I'm never going to get sick of these seafood and beer ads. They're so dumb. Okay. Winner. <laughs> Okay, well, this is going to be an enjoyable transition for everyone. <laughs> Not really. This week's winner <clears throat> is Bill Cosby's subhuman defense attorney <laughs> and evil, in case you've been living under a rock, mistrial declared in the Cosby uh, constant affair. I went into this on The Blotter Presents. I'm not going to rehash the question of Cosby's guilt, but I would like to note this quote from his attorney during the defense's so-called closing. I'm going to go home and tell my wife I spent my day trying to right a terrible wrong. What are you going to say? <laughs> says this to the jury. Well, I know what I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say I defended a serial rapist who drugged and molested dozens of women. Guy Allegedly. Who used the she wanted it argument. I won't speak for the rest of the panel, but I stand with Constand. So, Mr. Cosby, fuck your stupid sweaters. Fuck your pudding pops. <laughs> fuck your lectures about where pants should be worn. Fuck your antediluvian defense tactics. Fuck your enabling wife for a change. And fuck you. <laughs> Hello, Lawson. <laughs> and loser of the week? Allegedly. If we're lucky. Um, <laughs> Megan Kelly, NBC's worst hire since uh. Bill Cosby, perhaps. Um, <laughs> he, uh, oh. She decided to do an interview with Alex Jones of InfoWars, noted crackpot and Sandy Hook denier. Immediately, as soon as it was announced, all of the Sandy Hook parents were outraged, of course. She got dropped from yeah. a Sandy Hook event that she was supposed to be uh, the host of, obviously. <laughs> and then later in the week, Alex Jones was like, I'm going to put up my pre-interview before the thing airs, which, duh, like, learn how the internet works, Megan slash NBC. And finally, when the thing actually aired... Uh, it got half as many viewers as the first uh, outing of hers on NBC and was beaten in the ratings by a rerun of America's Funniest Videos. So <laughs> way to go, NBC. Every move yep. right one. Congratulations. Your picks. And the fact that I got beat out by America's Funniest Videos kind of justifies ABC putting the gong show on, doesn't it? 
It does. It does. It does. Uh, speaking of Infowars, do you know what time it is? <laughs> time to buy some sketchy supplements? It's... <laughs> Beatigo Greek Louisiana. Oh, God damn it. Why are there so many? Mean something great to these guys. Beatigo Greek Don't means even drink, Dave. Or eat fish. And Milwaukee means beer. Cold, crisp, old Milwaukee beer. And the smooth golden light taste of old Milwaukee light. Old Milwaukee. And old Milwaukee light. Let me tell you, it doesn't get any better than this. It's game time. <laughs> I can get them all out of the way this episode, or you can put up with it for the next month. I'm, your really, I'm gonna be sad for you when you like run out. you're never gonna play them again, please. <laughs> yeah, this is Sounds the unlikely. fifth game time of the season. Season scores are currently Tara with three points, Sarah with one point, value guests still looking to get on the board. Today we are playing Ibex Moose Duck Bumblebee <laughs> from Suli, who earns an extra credit <laughs> redeemable for an extra hot great top yeah, extra hot great mini topic of their choosing. Okay. In an alternate universe where Animal Planet has bought the rights to every TV show, all titles now employ some sort of animal pun. Mm. For example, a rattlesnake who moves into an apartment across the hall from two brilliant but socially awkward physicists shows them how little they know about life outside the laboratory. Answer, big fang theory. Oh. All right. Okay. So I'm going to ex- okay. I'm going to summarize uh, animal planetized current shows, or rather TV shows, okay. current and past. You give me the show. That's all there is to it. Are they all rhymey is my question because I was thinking big They're all plays. Me. They're all puns, some rhyme, but okay. you know, they all they are all animalified. Okay, but do you have the do you have the power to accept yes. for example the big boa theory? Would you have gone with that or that's not enough of a pun? Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, we'll see. Just finding out how much leeway there is. I have leeway. In, in ter- I've okay. been instructed to right. to uh use my best judgment. <laughs> to Lee. Very good. All right. There are 45 questions with three Grossworth Equalizer Challenge breaks. Let's throw it to Picky to see who's going to go first. We will start with valued guests. All right, Jeff, yes. Tara, Sarah, are we ready to play Ibex Moose Duck Bumblebee? <laughs> yes. Here. We yes. go. Famous feline hosts stars in parodies and sketches created by the cast of this witty show from New York City. Famous feline hosts. Okay. Oh man. Um most of these rhyme, just so you know. I can't I uh, I know what show it is, but I can't think of the pun. Um Oh classic internet Catterday Night Live oh, on yeah. Animal Planet. A weekly right. national talent competition where an array of birds of prey vie to carry away <laughs> one million a one million cash prize in their claws. Okay, is it America's Got Talent? Yes, oh, <laughs> that's nice. awesome. for for one point, right? One point. Okay. Each week, Ashton Kutcher and his crew of pranksters spray celebrities with foul-smelling secretions. <laughs> Skunked. <laughs> Correct. Back to Jeff Drake. 
Yes. A family mallard struggles to gain a sense of cultural identity while raising his ducklings in a predominantly swan upper cl- middle class neighborhood. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, say it again. A family mallard struggles to gain a sense of cultural identity while raising his ducklings in a predominantly swan middle upper class neighborhood. This rhymes. Okay. I feel good about this game so far. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> That's a little show we call Quackish. Ah. A boar uh, recounts to his okay. piglets. Okay. A boar recounts to his piglets through a series of flashbacks the journey he and his four best friends took leading up to him meeting their mother. Okay. Is it Sow I Met Your Mother? Sow I Met Your Mother. Ah, nicely and done. Idiosyncratic FBI, that's Feathered Bird Investigator, pecks <laughs> at Cherry Pie while investigating the murder of a young chick in a sleepy, sleepy but idiosyncratic North, uh, Pacific Northwest town. Twin Beaks? Back to Jeff. Yeah. Got a good feeling oh, about I'm this. I'm excited. Yeah, a I dramedy centering around the relationship between a 30-something single nut hoarder and her teenage daughter, Living in an oak tree in Stars Hollow. <laughs> the Gilmore Squirrels. Hey! A young, devout, board. Catholic, long-legged, long-necked bird discovers that she was accidentally, artificially inseminated. Oh. <laughs> oh. Crane the Virgin? Oh my god. <laughs> wow. That's great. A small, striped rodent is a brilliant San Francisco detective whose obsessive-compulsive disorder just happens to get in the way. Chipmunk. Chipmunk. Sure. Improv comedy competition show in which four comedians and an occasional guest attempt to divine who owns a particular cat. Um... Whose feline is it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> Sheriff Deputy Rick Grimes wakes up from a coma to learn the world is in ruins from extremely loud undead birds which never stop making noise. The squawking dead. Liz Lemon, head seagull of the sketch show <laughs> TTS with Tracy Jordan, must deal with an arrogant new boss and a crazy new star and... 27 other odd ducks all while trying to run a successful TV show without losing her mind. I don't I don't know where the pun is. Can you read just the first bit again, please? Liz Lemon, head of Seagull, head Seagull of the sketch show TGS, must deal with an arrogant new boss, a new crazy star, and 27 other odd ducks all while attempting to uh, run a successful TV show. Uh, Birdie Rock? Oh, you should give her that. Birdie Rock? Yeah. Well, the clue is in... Squawk? The clue is in the number of things there, pointing you towards 30. Oh. And they're all together. 30 Flock. 30 Flock. Wow. Oh. I would give it to her for Birdie Rock. She got the show, and she got that it's Birdie. 30 Rock, Birdie Rock. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Four gorillas framed for... Cro- yes, this is for you. Okay. All right. Four gorillas. 
framed for a crime they didn't commit, help the innocent while on the run from the military. Uh, the ape team. <laughs> oh, sounds so defeated. Sounds disgusted to me. <laughs> Both. This show follows a crime committed down under, usually adapted from current headlines about eucalyptus trees, from two separate vantage points, the inside and the outside of the adorable pouch. <laughs> Rue Detective. <laughs> Sarah. Oh, that's good. Koala in order. Oh, duh. Wow. All right. Here's our last question before our first score break. U.S. reality show based on the British series Strictly Come Dancing, where famous elks partner up with professional reindeer and compete against each other in weekly elimination rounds to determine a winner. Hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know where the, shit. I don't know. You got, you got reindeer and elks prancing with the stars. Oh, of course. Score break, please. Very, very close game. Sarah and I are tied with four each. Jeff has three. All right. That means Jeff Drake, you are. Now in the. Grossworth Equalizer Challenge Zone. Answer three of these six 1980-era Trivial Pursuit questions correctly for two points. What trouble-prone lion loves to exit stage left or exit stage right? Uh, Snagglepuss. Nice. Who helped himself to three portions of veal Prince Orloff at one of Mary Richard's parties? (laughs) Uh, Lou Grant. What rural sitcoms whistled 1960 theme song was The Fishing Hole? Uh, that's the Andy Griffith Show. Jeff! Dang. If you sweep this, I'm giving you another two points, just so you know. <laughs> right. What team's leader, because that's never happened. What team's leader gloats? I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> love it. Uh, what team's uh, the leader? The A-team. What soap opera was the first to deal with the problem of obesity? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I'll just take a guess. Um, one Life to Live. Ah! Young and the Restless. Damn. Oh, that wasn't my other guess either. Okay. What was the number of the most notorious squad car in New York City's 53rd Precinct? Um, New York's 53rd Precinct? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. 54. I assume that's car 54. Oh, car 54. Amazing, Jeff! Nicely done. So that adds another two points. That's right. Jeff is now in the lead with five points there, and I'm still tied for each. And Jeff, we continue here with question 16. All right. Four kings of the jungle band together against an anonymous foe who threatens to reveal their darkest secrets while unraveling the mystery of the murder of their best friend. Wait, Four Kings of the Jungle. Say it again. I'm sorry. Band together against an anonymous foe who threatens to reveal their darkest secrets while unraveling the mystery of the murder of their best friend. Oh, Jesus. Um, Now on Animal Planet. (laughs) It is. 
Pretty Little Lions. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what that show is. Nor should you. 17. Spread Eagle. Spread Eagle. A chronicle of the lives, loves, trials, and tribulations of the buzzing inhabitants of the fictional colony of Salem. Oh, no. Um, uh, Days of Our Hives. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that was outstanding. Well done. Sarah D. Bunting. Each season, yep. series producers choose a diverse group of seven to eight clapping SeaWorld escapees <laughs> in their late teens to mid-twenties to live together in a major city. The series presents their spontaneous, <laughs> unscripted interactions with one another and the world around them, focusing on a different group and city each season. When people stop being polite and start getting seal, the uh, seal world. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or, 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 or. We're all tied up, or, guys. Or. Ooh, tie game here at question. The Ingalls family and their domicile has been shrunk and strapped onto the back of a Great Plains rodent. A little house on the prairie dog. Nice. Five would young little horses. mouse on the prairie have counted? I wondered that too. Little, would you have accepted little mouse on the prairie? Uh, no. It doesn't really work. <laughs> no. Five young horses right. with bi- five young horses with big egos and a slightly arrogant attitude are the proprietors of an Irish bar in Philadelphia. What was the first? Just the first part. Again? Five young horses with big egos. Um. Shit. It's always sunny in. Philadelphia? Mm, always Shit. sunny in Philadelphia. In what? Philly. Or Sunday. I feel like Philadelphia. I'd give that close. to her. What's yeah. that? No, because it's not that's not funny <laughs> enough. It's just a name of a thing. <laughs> wow. Of the show. A full is a young is a young. Yeah, horse. but it's Philly is the all obvious right, all one. Right, fine. Cold front coming through Hawaii right now. <laughs> Dang. All right. You get a Sarah point. Thank least. you, Sarah. Sarah points have no value. <laughs> That's what you think. You have no value. Four female Emily Dickinson. (laughs) Four female New Yorkers gossip about their sex lives or lack thereof and find new ways to deal with being a mountain goat in the 90s. (laughs) Uh... I don't think I'd... Sex and the kitty... Ibex and the City. Uh, Ibex. No, it was in the title of the game. Sure. An animated series that follows the exploits of a super scientist blood-sucking, Lyme-disease-giving insect and his not-so-bright grandson. Um. (laughs) Wait, say that again? (laughs) An animated series that follows the exploits of a super scientist blood-sucking, Lyme-disease-giving insect and his not so bright grandson. Oh, Tick and Morty. Yeah. The dark and twisted trials of two chicken plastic surgeons. <laughs> Nip cluck? Nip cluck. <laughs> yeah. A group of ambitious law students and their brilliant criminal defense professor become involved in a twisted plot 
that promises to help them uh, help them secret away with a large group of crows. <laughs> How to get away with a murder of crows? <laughs> How to get away with a murder. Okay. Nice. The lives and trials of a young single coal mine gas detector and her friends, both at work and at home. Uh, let me do that wait, one again. Wait, wait, hang on, uh, hang on, uh, hang on. That needs a again? little more. That needs a little more context. Yeah. Uh, the lives and trials of a young single coal mine gas detector and her friends, both at work at a local TV station and at home. There you go. Uh, okay. Um, geez, I can't. I, I, I've got the animal, but I can't. Anybody? The Canary, Canary Tyler, Tyler Moore show? Yep. Correct. Oh, Animal Canary Planet, Tyler you've done Moore. it again. Really? Okay. An ill-tempered rodent is an assistant director of personnel in a Cleveland department store, and he has been stuck there for 10 years. Other than fighting with his co-worker, his hobbies include drinking beer and not being able to get dates to make a few extra bucks. He has a microbrewery going in his garage with his buddies. <laughs> That's really a lot Woo! of detail. Just, I just oh. need the first part again. An ill-tempered rodent. Rodent. Ill-tempered the- rodent. Got it. The Shrew Carry Show. <laughs> Chloe <laughs> is a New York party insect with the morals of a pirate. She causes trouble for her naive small colony mate, June, and Chloe's best friend, James Vanderbeek. (laughs) Can I have the first part again? Chloe is a New York party insect with the morals of a pirate. With the morals of a pirate? She causes trouble for Uh. her naive small colony mate, June, and Chloe's best friend, James Vanderbeek. Don't trust the... (laughs) In apartment 23? (laughs) Professional horse dancers-to-be from all over America come to New York to find their perfect routine. (laughs) So you think you can prance? No. Did we do that one already? What is it? Say yes to the dressage. Oh, dressage. Oh. Oh, Dressage, excuse me. A hot-tempered owl is forced to go work for her father's fashion magazine. Personality conflicts quickly ensue with a high-strung ex-model, a philandering photographer, and a wise guy secretary. Just hoot me. Bring us into our second score break. The apparently perfect lies of three airborne fruit-loving insects in Monterey unravel to the point of murder. (laughs) Big little flies? (laughs) Correct. Score break, please. Sarah and I are once again tied with eight each. Jeff has seven. All right. That means, Jeff, you're back in the Grossworth Equalizer Challenge Zone. (laughs) Here we go. You ready? Gonna sweep it. What was Angela Lansbury's first TV series? Whoa. Um, uh, Angela Lansbury lives in your basement? You want to give a real answer? You might get it right. What? I said you want to give a real answer. You might get it right. Uh, Angela Lansbury's murder she wrote. I tried to give it to you. What beer has former St. Elsewhere actor Mark Harmon endorsed on TV? What beer has Mark Harmon endorsed? 
Oh, jeez. Um, Coors. Correct. Hey! Who adopted an Bundy orphan Light. named... Who adopted an orphan named Danny in the final episode of Happy Days? Fonzie. Can I have his full last name, please? <laughs> Arthur Fonzarelli. Got the answer on the card. <laughs> okay. What Leave it to Beaver character has parents named George and Agnes? Means Lamb of God. <laughs> <laughs> Means Lamb of God. Um, Eddie Haskell? Yes, correct. Yes! All right. Yes! Just for shits and giggles, what did Lucy Ricardo disguise a 25-pound Italian cheese as on her flight home from Europe? A baby. Who has to be sprung from a mental hospital in order to join the A-team? Um, oh, wait. It's... uh. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Come on. Hannibal. No! Oh, shit. No, Howling he's Mad Murdoch. Howling Mad Murdoch is Howling correct. Mad Murdoch. Right? But it doesn't matter. He got two points. Put yes, it back into the lead. Back in the lead. Nice. You know right. what? And now, and now I'm about to squander it, y'all. No! Question <laughs> 31 of 45. Captain Flint, this is for you, Jeff. Captain okay. Flint is an extremely slow-moving pirates 20 years prior to Robert Louis Stevenson's classic Treasure Island. What's that Animal Planet show? Black snails. <laughs> spoiled billionaire, spoiled billionaire playbur, playbird, <laughs> Oliver Queen uh-huh. is missing and presumed dead when his yacht is lost at sea. He returns five years later, a changed man, determined to clean up the city. As a feathered vigilante armed with a set of talons. Oh my god. Sparrow? Sparrow. <laughs> when an old enemy, the Cylons, resurface and take the 12 colonies to the slaughterhouse, the crew of the aged Galactica protect a small civilian fleet, the last of a great herd of cows as they journey towards the fabled 13th colony Earth. <laughs> Cattlestar Galactica. <laughs> Set in a nice. dystopian future, a massive aquarium mammal is forced to live as a concub- concubine under a fundamentalist theocratic dictatorship. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> the handmaid's a whale. Oh, how's that going to work? I don't know. Well, you know. <clears throat> Follow the absurd antics of an Indiana town's public servant songbirds as they pursue sundry projects to make their city a better place. Larks and recreation. Yes. A high school mathlete, mathlete, starts hanging out with a group of bird mouthpieces while her younger brother navigates his freshman year. Well, I guess this could go either way, but either beaks and geeks or freaks and beaks. <laughs> either is acceptable. Or beaks and beaks. Yes. Yes. Sure. <laughs> A little more confusing, but I would have accepted. <laughs> yeah, true. A group of determined individuals buy small rodents and make them over for a quick profit. <laughs> Say this again. I'm sorry. No. A group of bad. determined individuals buy small rodents and make them over for a quick profit. Oh, ex, uh, ex, ex. Dream Mouse Makeover? No. That's not mm-hmm. no, Wrong show. 
That is what? Flip This Mouse. Flip This Mouse. <laughs> oh. Extreme makeover does not involve flipping a house, I believe. So, no, it's extreme home. It's extreme home makeover. Yeah, a group of teenage friends and their manatee travel (laughs) in a bright green van, solving strange and hilarious mysteries while returning from or going to a regular teenage function. Um. (laughs) This this one's Uh, yeah, this one's tough. I don't know. I think it's Scooby-Doo, but I don't even know that. I don't know. You're correct. Scooby-Doo-Gon. Where are you? (laughs) This is question 39, our last question before our final Grossworth Equalizer Challenge Zone compatible score break. Here we go. Various chronicles of deception, intrigue, and murder in and around frozen Minnesota. Yet all of these tales mysteriously lead back one way or another, to the ape house at the zoo. Fargorilla? Yeah! Fargorilla! <laughs> nice, nice. Scorebay, please. Well, there's a tie again, but this time, Jeff and Sarah are tied with 11 points each. I have 10. Done. All right, tie at the top. Ties go to the person with the least season points, and that means Jeff Drake again. Oh, he's, got, he's tied nice. in the lead, Dave. Tara gets the challenge. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said tie at the bottom. Okay. All right, Tara. 11 is more than 10. How about you? Fuck off. (laughs) Philadelphia! (laughs) All right, Tara. Divorce. Yes, I'm ready. Get three of these. To divorce you. Divorce. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready for divorce. (laughs) What miniseries was the first of ABC's novels for television? Uh, Roots? Rich man, poor man. Okay. Yep. What was the theme song of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Won't you be my neighbor? Okay. What show nice. hosted by Chuck Woolery has been called the modern version of the dating game? Love Connection. What Ooh. alias does Sonny Crockett most often oh, use? Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I do. Damn it. Sarah, what is it? Burnett. Yep. Ugh. Who does ex con Gandalf Finch? Yep, call Rockfish. Gandalf Finch. Fitch. Um, Sorry, Fitch called Rockfish. Doesn't help. Hutch. I don't know. <laughs> Jim Rockford. Okay. All right, got to get this one. Who's Professor Blanc's worst violin student? <laughs> Kimberly <laughs> Drummond. Would be Jack Benny. Dang. Of course. Jack oh, Benny. No points for you. No points. Everybody for me. has two questions okay. coming up. All right. Okay. We have a lead for first, and Tara's one point behind? Correct. Yep. All right. Je- Jeff and yep. Sarah tied, tied for first place. Jeff. Yes. A politically minded red bird works with his equally conniving mate to exact revenge on the people who betrayed him. <laughs> Say again. No. A politically minded <laughs> red bird works with his equally conniving mate to exact revenge on the people who betrayed him. House of Cardinals. Yes. <laughs> yep. A high school chemistry teacher diagnosed with inoperable lung cancer turns to beating up medium sized, ill tempered, burrowing mammals in order to secure his family's future. <laughs> Lung cancer. I don't. I don't know. Mole. Something mole. Don't know. 
Lung cancer? Well, cancer. Maybe okay, it's not I don't know. It. I don't know. High school chemistry yes, teacher. Yes, I know. I know it's Breaking Bad, but I don't know how that fits with the animal. Breaking Badger. Badger! Rep puts Tara out of the running. Yep. RuPaul searches for America's next fastest tiny four-winged superstar. <laughs> RuPaul searches for America's next fastest tiny four-winged superstar. Uh. Uh. I don't know. Anybody? RuPaul's oh. dragonfly race. Oh. Correct. Last questions coming up. Monica, Tess, and Andrew are sent to Earth from the depths of an aquarium to tell depressed and troubled people that God loves them and hasn't forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, from the depths of an... Say it again. Monica, Tess, and Andrew are sent to Earth from the depths of an aquarium to tell depressed and troubled people that God loves them and has not forgotten them. Touched by an angelfish? Yeah! <laughs> nice. All right, that seals the game, but uh, let's play it out. Professional writer and amateur sleuth Jessica Fletcher uses her <laughs> intellect, charm, and persistence to get to the bottom of the mysterious killings of primates in Madagascar. Oh. Uh, uh, I, mm, no idea. No idea? Murder she wrote something. Don't know. Anybody? Lee murder she yep. wrote. <laughs> Lee murder oh, so she wrote. Last question. Here you go. <clears throat> Almost two years after a virus wiped out most of the sea cows of the ocean, Phil Miller <laughs> only wishes for some company, but soon gets more than he bargained for when that company shows up in the form of other survivors. Hello. Can I have the first bit again? I'm sorry. Almost I... two years after a virus wiped out most of the sea cows of the ocean. Huh? <laughs> <sighs> I don't. The walrus strain? I don't know. No. Last yeah. manatee on earth. Last yep. manatee on earth. Oh. All right, final scores, please. All right, Good I had job, 10. Jeff. Sarah had 11. Jeff had 13. Whoa. Lucky 13. Ooh. Great game. Great game. Such good a good for game. you. Guys, I'm putting a steel mill up for grabs oh on this tiebreaker. Everybody ready? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Please do not answer until I finish reading the clue. Okay. Two hosts help bottom-feeding pond dwellers who have fallen in love online test the authenticity of their lovers' identities. Catfish? Catfish! <laughs> you Jesus. just earned yourself a steel like... meal. Congratulations, oh. Tara, and... Crow Wing, Minnesota, and old Milwaukee <laughs> both mean something great to these guys. Yeah. Crow Wing means northern pipe, big and mean, and old Milwaukee means a great beer, cold, crisp old Milwaukee beer, and smooth, golden old Milwaukee light. It's a beauty! <laughs> and old Milwaukee, and old Milwaukee light. Taste as great as their name. You know... Doesn't get any better than this. No, it doesn't, guys. <laughs> that is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We gave the Gong Show revival the gong before going around the dial with stops at Better Call Saul, 
Fargo, 30 for 30, and a four-pack of beer and seafood ads. You're welcome. Jeff baked up a successful canon pitch for Barney Miller's hash episode. We crowned winners and losers of the week. And Jeff, on behalf of the value guests, was the winner of this week's Game Time. Remember, we're listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariano. Shut up. Not a cheeky monkey. Sarah D. Bunting. Bushy, bushy, bushy. And Jeff Drake. I'm a big, fresh stone crab. <laughs> Once again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. Hey, uh, Barn. I think he's stoned. Stone? What are you talking about? Hey, what do you say we guys go down to the beach and shoot some clams? Clams. This has been a production of the Previously.tv podcast network.